Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and... We have been chatting just amongst ourselves about how to know if you are ready to jump back into that competitor's pageant ring. And so, you know what? We figured this would be a great thing to talk about because especially in light of the Miss Universe organization lifting their age requirements, some people are thinking. It's got some people thinking about what their future holds within the pageant world. And I think it's a good thing to kind of just break down. Okay. So I have competed as a miss and as a missus, and I have not stepped on stage in a long time. Um, People ask me all the time, you know, right after they finish their pageant, should I, should I compete again? What, what systems should I go to next? You know, those types of things. And this is, like literally always what I say is you will know when it's time. Like I, well, first of all, I'm sure I've shared on the podcast before, but take some time to process through all those emotions of just competing. But you know, like whenever it becomes time to think about, should I go back? Should I go back to that same pageant I just did? Or should I switch it go to a different system? All those things. Like I just feel pretty strongly both as a competitor and as a coach that, you know, when it's time to go back and you start to feel that, like, I don't know, that pull to compete again. Do do you agree? Yeah. Well, I, and you just, and you say basically like, give it a month, just don't decide anything for a month. But yeah, I, I agree. I think you kind of feel when it's ready and Mm -hmm. now along with those feelings come a lot of other feelings that I think sometimes it's kind of hard to decide like, okay, is this a relevant excuse for me to do this or not to do this? Or is it just doubt popping into my mind to push Mm -hmm. me one way or the other? So I think that's like the biggest thing that people run into because if you're feeling the pull to compete, it's easy to say like, oh my gosh, just do it. But then you have to consider some other factors before you really decide you're going to do it. Right. So I was, I, we talked about this, I think maybe last week, maybe it was a few weeks ago. I can't even remember if we've actually released this out yet, but I just did a rewatch of the show called Game of Crowns that was on baby back in like 2014, 15 era. And so they, there was some women in this show who had won state titles and national titles, right? There was a former or a forever Mrs. America in the show and like a forever Mrs. State title holder. And both of them had to kind of have that discussion with their families and themselves of, do I want to go compete again for this pageant? Like they were competing for, I mean, it, it wasn't silly, but it was like a smaller pageant called like Legacy of the Crown or something. So maybe a different situation than some people are thinking about today because this pageant doesn't exist anymore. But the conversation they were having was still very relevant to what we're talking about. 
And there is a very specific thing that Shelly Carbone, um, Forever Mrs. America, was talking about with her her mom, I think it was. And she was like, I just don't know. Like, once I've been Mrs. America, like, why go back? And what's what's sort of the reason, right? Like, once you've reached a certain title or you've had this experience, like, what is the reason to go back and why compete again? And I really liked what her mom said. And she was like, but competing for your state title in Mrs. America is where you sort of like found yourself again. She had just gone through a miscarriage and or a loss of a child. I'm not sure which one it was. It's, I, I watched them all in one day, so I can't really remember every detail of the show. <laughs> but she had just gone through a terrible loss of a child and competing in her state pageant and then winning that and going to Mrs. America really helped her find her purpose and her passion again and reignited that spark for giving back and doing all the things that she was doing. So I loved that. And I loved that thought process of it's not always just about like the title that you're competing for. Like sometimes it's about if you feel your best version of you when you're in pageant competition mode or prep mode or whatever it is, sometimes you just need to do it to remind yourself like, why you get out there and do the things you do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, but I think it is hard. And I think like, like, like that, like that, it was a doubt that popped into her head. And then it's just trying to figure out, okay, is this a relevant doubt? Mm -hmm. Is this really something that like truly is a big deal? Like now, for instance, if she would have thought, you know what, my family is going through a very hard time financially, then maybe that's not the time. And that is a very relevant doubt that you need right. to consider. But if it's or just like, I've had, well. Yeah, I've even had people say like this year, I have like my kids are going through a lot of big life changes. Like I, my child is transitioning to college or my little one is starting kindergarten this year. And those are big life changes in a family with schedules and emotions and those kinds of things. Maybe that's not the time that you're ready as a mom emotionally to throw yourself back into competition, but it also might be the thing you need to distract yourself almost from the new schedule and say like, while they're gone doing this thing, I'm going to go do all my pageant prep and not just sit at home and be sad that my kid is in college or my kid is in kindergarten, you know? So think mm -hmm. about like the, those pros and cons and make sure these aren't like just self-doubts and they're like rational, actual, legitimate reasons. But I like yeah. what you said about like the financial costs for sure. I feel like that is always something you have to weigh into this decision. Pageants are not a cheap sport. They're not a cheap hobby. And unless you are fully ready for that commitment, don't sign up. Just wait. If you feel like you might need to really, if you have this like dream wardrobe or dream thing that you want and you know it's going to be a commitment, then you might need to take two years to save for that. That is okay because then you can give it your all when it's time. But I would never just do it halfway and have regrets. Yeah, I know. And that's what's, I, and I've heard of people doing that. So a friend of mine specifically when she was, it was actually when she was younger, she was a teen and her parents basically told her, Hey, listen, we can't do two years in a row again of this. So you can either do it next year or you can do it the year after. And even as a teen, she, I guess, decided that she was going to push it a year because 
for her, she figured, okay, that'll give me time also to save up for some things that maybe I want that my parents aren't going to be able to help me with. And, mm-hmm. and, and she actually ended up winning that title. And so she, it, so it's a big thing for her because she can always look back and say like, this is what patience brought me and that mm-hmm. she didn't have to go part way into the pageant. Cause then, yeah, you do look back and you're like, if only I could have done this, or if only I could have done that. You don't want those thoughts in your mind when you're done. Right. Exactly. And another thing I think that's important to think about when you're deciding to compete again or not, or what, you know, whatever this conversation is, is what do you want to do differently this time that you didn't do last time? Because Mm -hmm. that's sort of like the fun part, I think, of growing through pageantry is what you're doing different and how you're progressing along in your pageant journey. If you're just going to, like, let's say you didn't place the last time you competed at all. And then you decide, I'm going to take everything I wore at that time. I'm just going to, I mean, maybe that was five years ago. And you're going to take it all out of your closet. You're going to wear it all again because you have it and you're trying to like save money and you don't want to buy anything new. You're not going to get new headshots. You're just going to do everything exactly the way you did again. It's really probably unrealistic to think you might see different results if you Mm -hmm. didn't place at all five years ago. Unless, you know, we always say different judges, different day, but you have to think about like, what did I do different? What did I do last time that I want to do differently this time? Maybe your wardrobe was perfect, but maybe you really need to invest a lot of time in your stage presence and walking, or maybe you need to really deep dive in with your interview and your skills, or maybe you just need new headshots because you look different than you did five years ago. Whatever those things are, don't just assume because you have all the things that are maybe not the newest, you can exactly pick up and go right back. Mm-hmm. I mean, now granted you, you can, but if, I mean, the part of the idea of pageantry is self-improvement. And so it is a good idea to look back at some of those things and try to figure out, okay, is this dress still even in style one, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, exactly. Like, do I even look like my headshot? Because that is a big deal. Right. And I have loved, obviously, I talk about sustainable fashion all the time. But one thing I'm, I will specifically talk about, um, Ann Pennington, what our current, she's the Mrs. USA Earth, what she did with some of her wardrobe pieces when she competed for this national title was take pieces she had worn in competitions before, and just restyled them sort of. So she took them to a gown designer, a dress designer, a tailor, and then used the same base of the dress, but changed it up. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a great way to take a piece you love. You love the way it fits you. You love the structure of this gown, but you maybe just want to change a few things about it. I love that idea versus maybe you don't want to go get a whole new custom gown, but you can make your own gown now, a version of a custom gown, which I think is amazing to do. So get creative, like think about what do I have and how can I, should I just sell it all and use this money to buy something on Queenly or, you know, resell or whatever, or go buy a brand new thing? Or should I just take what I have, restyle it, upgrade it in a way, um, you know, upstyle it, or can what I have work and be very realistic with that. 
I have my blue velvet gown that I would love to rewear at some point. And the, that is one thing I always think about though. I'm like, man, like, but can I rewear it? I don't know. I don't think that would stop me from competing is the thought of like that, but I don't know. I don't know how I would rework that one. Oh, you can definitely, I could add definitely a do it. Slit. I could, I can already picture like a several <laughs> things you could do in my mind. I'll to put re- a slit rework all it. the way up to my crotch. There you go. Uh-huh. Designed by fun. Rebecca Wheeler. <laughs> I'm fine with a slit to the side of your thigh. Okay, maybe. We'll see. Um, do you think not be, not feeling your best physically? And when I say you're not feeling your best physically, I'm not talking about um like a true health issue, but maybe put on a little extra weight. Is that a reason to not compete? No. I think that is a reason if you feel all the other pieces are in place, me, that's a reason to like motivate yourself even more. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about it. When I, and I can always think back to the very first time I ever competed in Mrs. Pageants. When I competed for the first time at Mrs. Oklahoma, 2015, I had a, I think he was four. I have to remember back now, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. They were just little bitty babies at the time in my mind. And I was not a regular, like I went to the gym regularly at my work, you know, during lunch and those kinds of things, but I didn't have like a consistent routine of health. I, I exercised and I tried to be a healthy person, but I wasn't like really like aware necessarily of what my body could even be capable of physically, like in a health mm-hmm. way until I started preparing. I had eight weeks to get ready for Mrs. Oklahoma when I entered and I hired a trainer and a nutritionist. And in eight weeks, I, I only like total like pounds wise, it was like an eight pound difference. It wasn't like anything significant, but my body looked a thousand percent different from mm-hmm. even eight weeks of dedicated, like physical effort of just actually like trying if that makes sense (laughs) versus just sort of like doing what I wanted and that was I mean I didn't win swimsuit but I felt my personal best and that is all that I cared about because I wanted to feel my best and Mm -hmm. I had never felt more confident than I did walking around as Rebecca when I was preparing for Mrs. Oklahoma it, like yeah. I just walked around with a different air of confidence that during that same amount of time, I got a job promotion. And I really think it was not because of my physical confidence, but because of how it translated into other parts of myself, my confidence in meetings, speaking up more, um, at, like asserting myself better and advocating for myself better. As far as an employee, I was just so confident in who I was that I didn't have anything really holding me back because I was just so comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I, gosh, well, I'm just thinking back to when I was going to do Ohio America, the time I had had, I think grand total from the time I got my actual acceptance letter that yes, they, I could compete was I was December, January, February, March, April. So like five months. Because they're, well, four and a half. Well, actually, no, it was beginning, sorry, beginning of April. So I had basically four months to prepare to compete. And 
I had um, a lot of my baby weight still to lose. I had put on a ton of weight and I ended up in that four months, I lost 40 pounds <laughs> and I did not That's... do anything crazy though. I will say. Right. Right. But, but I you think... had like a goal and then it helped you stay really focused and motivated towards that goal. Because I think, I think what people don't realize is how much your body can change over the course of two months, truly two, two months. Right. If... I mean, it was eight weeks for me. That's all I had to prepare. And when I look back at those before and after pictures, like it was again on the scale, like barely a change. Like most people could probably like, I don't know, just stop drinking soda or whatever. And, you know, in eight weeks lose eight pounds, but I just, it was the amount of muscle that I was able to put on and like really like change the way my body looked and the shape I had. That's mm -hmm. what I look at is like the tone in my arms and like the definition of my muscles and my legs. I was like, man, I really did that. And I put in that work and it made me just feel so proud. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so because... I don't think that's an excuse because most people are not signing up like eight weeks before their pageant. I would think that was probably insane of me. <laughs> I still don't know how I did that and how I ended up winning, but Hey, God had a plan and I wouldn't be on this podcast had it not all worked out. Well, and honestly, the, the fittest person rarely wins anyways. Exactly. When you think I about it. Swimsuit. But I won down yeah. and I won interview and I won the crown. Yeah. And it's probably, and two, you probably were very, very, very confident and you might, you might have shown some of the best confident on stage. So you didn't even necessarily have to win the fitness award, but right. the judges are going to look at how confident you are. And if you spent the last eight weeks really dialing in your nutrition and getting your body moving, you probably did feel pretty confident. I really did. And I also felt like I was setting such a good example for my family during that time and that I was able to carry on for years and years after. Like my little boys were able to watch me get up in the mornings, go to the gym, exercise at home, all the things I was doing. And then they wanted to come with me. Like I it was so cute. They were like doing little box jumps on like this tiny little step because they were little bitty two and four. And I have like the cutest little videos of Camden, like doing tiny little curls with like water bottles and just cute stuff because he wanted to exercise with me. And I loved being able to set that example then. And then it really inspired my husband to start his own like health fitness journey that he is like completely dedicated to still today. And I really think like it changed my whole family's health. Just that eight weeks that I changed my health and continued on totally inspired my entire family to continue on their health journey. Yeah. And I, when I lost that weight, I didn't go to the gym at all. Like literally yeah, at all. all I did from home. All from home. <laughs> so just saying um, it's a hundred percent possible and you can do it all by yourself. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, that you're right. I don't think that that's like a very valid excuse. Now, what about the thought of, oh my gosh, I'm just really busy. You know, I got a, I got kids. Financially, we're fine. We could totally do this. But like the kids, the my husband, I work. That, ex that excuse, I feel like, is what I hear the most often. Is oh, I'm just so busy. 
Well, life is always busy. You're never going to have a chance or time in your life that is calm or not Mm -hmm. busy because most women who do pageants um, feel, fill that time, their extra time with activities, because that is who we are. We are busy people who want to be involved and we want to be doing things and we want to be giving back and going to events. And that's who we are as people. We are the type of people who are very involved types of people traditionally. So if you are feeling all the pieces are there, being too busy, I don't ever feel like is a really valid excuse because most of the time, all those activities you're doing are going to be exactly the same things you're going to want to do with a crown and sash. And then you can just add those to your bio of these are the things I do. I volunteer here. I am the PTA president. I am, you know, involved in these leadership organizations, whatever those things are, you don't really have to go add new activities to your pageant prep or your, you know, your pageant bio. You already have them because you've been doing them for years. Mm -hmm. To me, those are like the easiest people to write a bio for the ones who are very busy because they do so much. It's almost like, okay, we have to now pick the most important things out of this that you want to talk about because we've got to eliminate some of these others. Um, recently I decided I'm not going to stress so much about things that I sent, like the house not being totally picked up or a little unorganized or something like that. And it's allowed me to have a little downtime. And it's funny you were talking about that because this past weekend I had some downtime and I I was crawling out of my skin. And so, you know what I did? What? I started bedazzling my one of my nutcrackers for Christmas because I was like I'll just give them a little sparkle it'll like I have to do something you're like (laughs) I gotta find something that's the way that we're wired we we're not good sit still people most of the time okay but on the flip side what if you think you don't do enough like you're like I'm not like super involved in my community I just kind of do stuff with my family and you know I just I just really want to compete I'm not really involved in anything I think that's another great way that having a local title or a state title, whatever you're going to choose to go like compete for, you know, depending on if you're going to a national pageant or state pageant, these are great ways that now it gets you in the door. If you want to do those things, if you've always wanted to be more involved in your community, well, now you've got this fashion title that says you are Miss whatever, Mrs. whatever, this now kind of gets you in. And everybody wants somebody with a sparkly crown to come to their event. They're never going to say no. So whether you're just walking in the door and smiling and hanging out with kids at a park at like some festival or you're in a parade or whatever you're doing, this is the chance to get involved. But it also gives you the confidence to ask for things you maybe have always wanted to do and never have been bold enough to do. Like I'd love to go read to my kids class. And you've always wanted to do it, but you're like, am I, is it weird if I just like pop in and I'm a celebrity reader or whatever as Rebecca Wheeler? Well, not if you're Mrs. Edmund. Nope. They would love to have you because they just want to ask you if your crown's made of real diamonds or whatever. So if you've always wanted to get involved in certain organizations or activities, having any kind of title gives you a lot more confidence to just ask for the opportunity, I think. Yeah, I I would have to agree. Now, here's another one that I've been hearing recently. So let's say 
me and my daughter both want to compete and I'm her mom. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be so worried about her and all the things that she needs. And I'm not going to focus on myself. Or let's say you're in a group of friends and your pageant friends and well, the entire group is going to compete. And you're like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to support all these people and compete myself? You know where I'm going with this. So mm-hmm. like, is that a valid excuse to not compete? I think you have to know your boundaries and know what you're capable of, especially the mom and daughter thing. I have worked as a coach with several mom-daughter teams that have both been competing at the same time in the same pageant, different divisions. And it is really hard. It's hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It is hard to both be competing the same weekend or the same week or back-to-back weeks if you're at nationals or internationals. It is very hard. It can be done, but you've got to know your personal capabilities and if you're able to handle it. And also your family, like your husband, your support system around you, grandparents, aunts and uncles, the type, the people who can help you during this time. Because when you're backstage, you probably can't be helping her backstage as well as if you had just been in that mom role only, if you're also a contestant. So you just have to know, like, can I mentally handle us both there? Or do I need to have this be her year and then I'll compete at a different pageant or I'll compete next year? Or, you know, just really think about your family's capabilities and boundaries for that particular situation. Mm -hmm. You've been a pageant mom. You know, (laughs) it like it is not easy. And you were in the role of a volunteer and helping with the pageant volunteer work. Can you just like realistically and honestly, could you have imagined also being a contestant with the girls? I mean, you know what? I could, but I don't think I would have been focused on myself and doing my best at all. I would be Mm -hmm. only focused on my daughter for sure. And making sure like, okay, like, are you ready for interview? Like, let's practice. Like, it would never be about me. Right. And I think some families can totally do it. It really depends, I think, on the maturity and the age of your daughter. And if she is very independent and does a lot of her own prep and you have like a coach that you work with and that kind of thing that kind of handles her prep, or if it's very much a team thing with you guys. And if it's, she relies on you for a lot of that that's going to just be a lot harder in my experience. Mm -hmm. For sure. Now, what if you don't have a supportive family? So I'm married, so we can talk about misses, but this could also be for, you know, a miss whose um, support system who might be their friends or their parents, Um, whoever your people are, if they're like, just not into it. And they're like, you know what, this is, I don't know why you're doing this. This is kind of dumb. I don't Mm -hmm. get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't believe you're wasting your time prepping for this. I can't like, you know, you know, the type of people I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that a valid excuse to not compete? Again, I think this is where you have to know, like, can you separate the noise from your why? And I've told people this before, like, that's why you hired me as a coach, because I'm now your team. You don't you don't have to listen to all those people who aren't in your corner because you have now people in your corner. That's why I'm here. I am here to be in your corner. 
So you have to now think about those people as your family, your friends, whoever they are, but they're not your pageant people. You got to find those people, the people that are excited about this for you, the people that want this for you and that get it. And that's who you talk to about that. If they're Mm -hmm. not on team pageant, then you just don't discuss it with them. You don't talk about your gown and your rehearsal outfits and all that. Like they're not excited about it. So why would you talk to them about it? Talk to the people who will be excited about it. But I don't think it's an excuse to not do it unless it is your, let's say you are a missus and it's your husband and he just isn't on board with it. I would, that is the one hard stop I would say, because your husband is such an integral part of your missus pageant journey. And I've seen too many marriages go through really hard times because the husband wasn't on board and didn't really want to make that financial commitment as a family. And the wife did it anyways. And then it ended up really causing a lot of strain in their relationship. So that's the one hard rule that I would say, like, make sure if this is a, if you are married, that your husband is on board with this decision. And I think the husband can be indifferent, you right. know, at, at the worst, where as long as what you, exactly what you're saying, as long as it's not causing fights and arguments and strain and, right. and you know, it'd be they're, nice yeah. if they were supportive and excited, but if they're just kind of like, ah, whatever, do what you got to do. <laughs> like there are those marriages I know that, you know, the husband is like, if this makes you happy, go for it. But I just don't get it. Like, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I don't always get football. Like my boys play football. I love to watch them play. But when they're talking sometimes about these like fantasy football teams that they play on like it is so above my head I don't get it but I'm like so excited for them like I love that they play fantasy football and I love that they play actual games and I get to go watch it and I love supporting it but there are lots of things that happen that I don't get that's sort of I feel like how a lot of husbands are with pageant like they love to go watch you support you cheer for you but they just don't always get it mm-hmm. there there's like some things and plays some behind the scenes stuff that it doesn't make sense to them, but they are going to support you and they will always be your biggest fan, but they don't always want to hear all the stuff every step along the way. Sometimes like they just want to have a normal husband wife conversation that doesn't talk about pageant. Mm -hmm. Now my poor husband, he doesn't really get to have that because I live and breathe it. Yeah. That it is 24 seven pageant over at your house for sure. I know. Well, not, (laughs) not currently because again, this football thing has sort of taken over our lives. We have a lot of football talk now. That's nice of you to share the conversation space with football. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is like currently that is all that we talk about, but in my brain, it is a thousand percent. Yeah. I can't can't help it. I can't turn it off. So we went through some, like, I would say very common doubts for sure. We What's didn't the- talk about one that I hear quite often. What? I'm too old. Oh, I was thinking it, but I mean, you know what? No, I guess that is valid. But in my mind, I was just thinking there's a system for everybody. There's a system for every age. Like that's not an excuse, but you're right. Like it probably is an excuse for a lot of people. I get this one or I hear it quite often of, I just feel like I'm too old. And I I don't know why, but there's like this weird 
concept misconception i would say that people have or you know stereotype people have that the winners of national pageants for misses especially are always in their late 20s early 30s well there are currently almost all like either in the this year or the past three years almost every major misses system has had winners in their 40s or 50s mm-hmm. like almost all 40s have had I mean, they've all almost all been in their 40s and I know for sure Mrs. International has had a winner that was like 49 or 50 recently the year I competed so mm-hmm. that to me is like an insane excuse when I hear that because I'm like why would you feel like that when I competed at Mrs. America there was a contestant with me that was 60 like there is no what are you talking and she looked probably I would say like more prepared and ready than the majority of us there she was so ready and like on point she knew exactly what she was doing so some of these people who say I don't know I'm just too old I'm like I think that's an excuse in your brain you're never too old because to me age is like how you feel it's Mm -hmm. maybe you feel too old but sometimes those things that we've talked about that self-care that mental work that you do during pageant preparation that you know, exercising, eating well, and really like doing that self-care that pageants make you do makes you feel so much younger. I don't feel 39 and I don't feel like I walk around with people looking at me like, oh man, she's too old for whatever activity I'm doing. I've never felt like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like if they might think that they might be too old, And I think you almost got to like, are you saying that, like you said, because you have a lot of health issues and you're like, you know, I'm just too old to do this anymore. Or I'm just, I am to a point in my life where I don't really want to work on self-development stuff. I'm like, I don't want to overexert myself with that sort of thing. Like you almost have to dig a little deeper of like you said, why you're saying. Or are you just saying it because you have this weird mental hang up that like a 37 year old never wins Mrs. America because that is so not true like what are you talking about like I hear all the time like the I've been even seeing it on social media lately people commenting like Mrs. America will never crown someone in their 40s I'm like Nicole Sorkin was 42 I think what are you talking about you're crazy like Mm -hmm. this is an insane excuse it is. It, but I, I can, I mean, I see, I think sometimes if somebody says that too, because I do this, I think we all do it. They're, you're feeling like a little unsure about something. So you're just like, oh, I'm just too old. Or you might, or like, oh, my hair's not long enough or oh, whatever. Almost to see if somebody will say like, no, no, you're beautiful. Or no, no. Like mm-hmm. they may just need some external validation of, you know what, that might've popped into your head for a second, but that's not even true. You're so not too old. Right. Exactly. Like Yeah. If this is just you needing me to like remind you how beautiful you are and like capable you are, I'll tell you all day. I'm, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. You know that I will always hype you up, but I'm also going to be realistic that like, if your look is dated, I may be very honest with you that like, you're not too old, but I do feel like maybe your styling could have a refresher. And it's not that mm-hmm. it's old, like you're not old, but I do think like if we change your hair a little bit or something like that, it would give you a more fresh appearance, not younger, just more like 
fresh and like modern and current, but that I think you're going to feel better walking around every day of your life, not just for pageants. Well, I think that's part of, I think any good pageant coach kind of doubles as a stylist anyways. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense that you would say something like that. And Another reason if you're feeling that way or you're feeling that kind of doubt is maybe schedule something with a coach that, you know, people have had a good experience with because they will tell you, okay, like we could update this, do this, work on this. And then, yep, you're going to be competitive. Like, let's do this. Right. Like I'm never going to sit tell someone like you need to get a whatever plastic surgery. Like, no, that is so not who I am. I just don't ever do that. But if you come to me and you're like, I have gotten like some feedback from judges comments that my, they didn't like how my hair looks. Okay. Well then if you're getting that in judges feedback, then we probably need to look at that. If this is like consistent thing from many people, then maybe this is a legitimate thing we need to look at. Like maybe we need to look at either changing your hair, adding extensions, cutting your hair, changing your color, whatever the thing is. Maybe we need to have a realistic look at it because clearly like judges are only giving you that feedback because they want you to, and they're trying to help you improve. That's why we, as judges, we write those comments. It's because mm-hmm. we want to give you feedback so that when you compete again, you feel more prepared. Yeah, I know. We're not writing those things as a judge because we are trying to be nitpicky. Like I would never write, like, I didn't like the pearl shoe that you wore with this evening gown but I would maybe write like I would love to see an open-toed shoe versus closed-toed shoe and gown like I would maybe write something like that but I'm not going to get so specific and nitpicky on like something like that but those are things I w- I'm trying to help them on as a judge yeah yeah for sure well I hope that this helps people realize that some of the doubts they've been having probably are just excuses in their mind and that if they can just get past it, then they'll be able to get back on stage and compete. And as long as it's an actual, just you break it down, you're like, okay, I think this might just be an excuse as opposed to no, this is a legitimate reason that maybe it's not a good idea. Right. Like I would never say skip a big family vacation that has been planned for two years to, you know, the Cayman Islands to go compete in a pageant like no do the family vacation if it's been scheduled and your family's been looking forward to this that's gonna to me take priority but if if this is an excuse of like I'm I'm just you know not at my peak body image or whatever well let's work on that let's let's make that your focus then and get you ready so that you walk on that stage feeling the best you ever have mm-hmm But there are some things that are just legitimate conflicts and reasons why this might not be the right time for you. And I think most of those are probably going to come down to finances and scheduling and true, like having an, like a, let's say you have like a a surgery scheduled and you're going to be two, two weeks post surgery when it's time for competition well, maybe that's not the right time for you. Maybe you need to have more time to recover so you feel great. Not because of missing workouts or something, but you don't want to feel like you're in pain when you're on stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. 
Yay, we did it. We did the excuses episode. Oh my gosh, there's so many. I I feel like I have heard every possible excuse in the book of why people shouldn't compete before, especially when I was re- like doing a lot of recruiting. Um, I would hear so many people's like excuses and I would be like, okay, well, that's like literally like not a reason. Like if you want to do this, do it. Do you remember any like really ridiculous ones? Or I is that breaking confidentiality? Um, well, I don't think anyone would ever know who I was talking about, but I think probably the funniest one I ever heard was that they um, like they were thinking so far ahead for this, like it was a state competition that I was talking to them about potentially doing. And they said, well, Mrs. World is going to be a conflict for me. <laughs> like they, they, the dates for Mrs. World weren't even announced oh. yet. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so they, they had not competed at, at state they had yet not, or anything. No. <laughs> they had not even competed or signed up to compete at state. And the date for Mrs. World had not yet even been announced. And, but they went on like previous years, you know, when it was, and they were like, well, Mrs. World is going to be a conflict for me because I cannot travel in January. That's a big work month for me. And I was like, well, let's just take it one step at a time. And first you need to win your state pageant and then you would need to win nationals. And then we could talk about Mrs. World. And we don't even know when the date is. So I feel like that might be a little bit of a stretch to use that as an excuse that Mrs. World would be a work conflict for you. Yeah. <laughs> like if you, get, mean, if, if you get to that point, I bet your boss would be pretty flexible for, with you and your work schedule is my guess. That's very confident though. Good for them. Mm-hmm. But literally like <laughs> they were thinking that far ahead for a date of a pageant that was like, two levels up that they had not even announced a date for it was kind of funny you know what I love the confidence I <laughs> know for them. but right. I mean I do get like being a planner for sure but also realistically like that's not an excuse mm-hmm. no I totally agree okay do you have a Chris's question for me okay here is my question of the week Piggybacking off of our mock interview episode, if if all of our listeners heard the mock interview episode, if you were to create your own title for a system, what do you think would be an ideal title? Let's say it's, there's no like rules, nothing's copyrighted. Would you like to have like a title that involved the word like national international world america american united like what is like that keyword in the title that you think would be the ideal pageant title the first thing that came so the first thing that came to my mind was world and i was like okay so what like what about and i the first thing that popped into my head was mrs woman of the world and i only thought about it because i like that well i feel like the ideal title is that you are supposed to be representative of the women of the world and that the struggles, the struggles that women all over the world have to deal with, not just what you're dealing with and just being able to represent not just your very specific demographic, but doing work to represent all women. And I think somebody who competed in that pageant would be able to demonstrate that they could do that. And that's why they would have that title. 
I like that. Thank you. I like that a lot. I think that's a great, a really good answer. And that was a hard question, I feel like. That was so hard. I know, but I think about it all the time. Do you really? I've never thought um, about it once. I think all, all the time, like, what is, if I were to ever, like, start a system or something, what would it be called and why? And I know there's, like, so many taken already and copyrighted and all the things, but why would those titles matter to me? And like, what do they stand for? Like, I like the words, the ones that have like United in them, United States, United anything, because I feel like it brings people together, which I like a lot. I like the ones that have like international or world type things, because I feel like, again, that represents all countries, all cultures, all people. And then, of course, I think anything with America in it is really, like, patriotic and just really, like, classic. To me, mm -hmm. that is, like, a – I Miss America was the original pageant I ever fell in love with. So it sort of idealizes this, like, I don't know, like, legacy to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I have never thought about it until you literally just asked me, like, a second ago. Um and I'm sure, you know what, actually, if our listeners know of a pageant that's actually called that, I want them to send it to us so then we can talk about it because that would be Mrs. really funny. Woman of the world, right? Mrs. Mrs. Woman of the world. Yeah. That's what I thought you said. Mrs. Woman of the world. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, you know what? When this pageant pops up, I came up with mm -hmm. it. It was my idea. Unless it's already. Oh out yeah. There. All right. Yeah. It's, we have time stamped it. It is Kristen Hodgins. If it doesn't I mean, exist. I won't come after anybody or anything, but I will 100% say, everybody go back, listen to Pageant Buzz. I came up with that title and I would probably go and attend just because I would feel some sort of camaraderie like, hey, like we both thought of this or you heard it on my podcast. Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod. And as Rebecca always says, don't forget to sparkle. This podcast is produced by the Fearless Network. Always be fearless.